It is Bassmaster Classic Week, and we have not one, but two champions on this show from two different sports. Bassmaster Classic champion Davey Height and Stanley Cup champion Brian Bickle. This week on Mercer. I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. And welcome to the 10th episode of the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. I am Dave Mercer, and this, today, is National Donald Duck Day, National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day, and National Earl Day. So no matter what you celebrate, thanks for coming here to celebrate Hump Day on the Mercer Podcast. And this is a big, big week. It is freaking Bassmaster Classic Week, finally I mean, a delayed classic due to COVID, but we are back and it is rocking this week in Fort Worth, Texas, which means this whole show is going to be very, very rushed because it is classic week. And what do you do on classic week? I mean, I really did a lot of thinking of what we should do and shouldn't do. And I was going to have some competitors on. And then I thought, you know, they get enough people pounding down their door on this week and they got to focus on a tournament and I wanted to do something different so what we're going to do this time around is we're going to have two incredible champions we're going to have a Bassmaster Classic champion and a Stanley Cup champion Davey Height and Brian Bickle we're going to compare the two different experiences from a champion's eyes and and clearly I don't know that but they know that and speaking of big things this week history making week when it comes to the Bassmaster Classic I mean we're going to have 20-something hours of Bassmaster Live on Bassmaster.com, which is incredible. But on Saturday morning on Fox, Network Fox, Big Fox, whatever you want to call it, on Saturday morning for four straight hours from 8 a.m. to noon, Bass Live will be on Fox, Network Fox. That's right. And when you think about that, I mean, I think this last year, so much stuff has got thrown at us with COVID and so many different things and all the live stuff we did last year on ESPN, which which was craziness. I mean, it was because every sport in the world had stopped. But when you really think about it, this is one of the biggest things in the history of this televised sport, really. I mean, when you think, don't think about the Bassmaster Classic because we're all invested in that. But just think about what other events are four hours on Fox, on Network Fox. I mean, the Super Bowl the Daytona 500, events like the Oscars. You know, that's what gets four hours. But this week, the Bassmaster Classic will be live from 8 a.m. till noon on Fox, Network Fox. So all around the world, let's celebrate it because that's what this week is. It is a celebration of our sport, a celebration of our industry, and it's the freaking Bassmaster Classic. I'm no different than, you know, the little kid that was sitting on his knees on the carpeted floor looking up at a TV watching it when I was a kid, except it was three months later. Now it's all live. It's in front of you and it's happening. And I got to go grab a flight to get there. Um, so I'm not going to talk very much longer. I'm just going to bring in our guests. And as I said, we have two champions, one show, Davey Height and Brian Bickle. It is Bassmaster Classic Week, and what more classic of a thing to do than have two champions, two different sports. We've got, of course, Brian Bickle, Stanley Cup champion, and my partner in crime at a lot of events, Davey Height, Bassmaster Classic champion. First of all, guys, uh, I don't think you've ever met before. No, I think this is the first time. 
first time. Uh, uh, great to meet you, Brian. And uh, it's a little long distance uh, meeting, but maybe we'll we'll be a little closer here in the near future. Yeah, we'll cross paths when we get these borders open again, so we can start fishing again and crossing over the states. But uh, crazy times here in Canada, but we're we're getting over it and um, looking forward to getting our life back together. Oof. It's crazy. This online schooling. I didn't think I'd be a teacher. I'm still not a teacher. I am like shutting the door on it. I'm, I'm fed up about it. Hats off to the teachers because I can't do it. <laughs> you're, you're done teaching. Yes. I'm, I got, I got one grade one in kindergarten. And I'm like, they're doing dancing and like, it's hard to sit them in front of the computers for at least seven hours. I'm like, it's, it's frustrating. That definitely makes me uh, have a couple of cocktails at night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, when you guys, when you're not teaching, um, you guys are, are part of a very rare group of people on earth, really, when you think about it, people that have achieved a lifelong dream, you know, people who have achieved the ultimate status in their chosen sport. And before we get into achieving that, I wanted to start, and maybe we'll start with you, Davey. When did it, when did the Bassmaster Classic dream start for you? Yeah, to be honest with you, Dave, I don't remember exactly when, probably around 11, 12 years old. Um, and I, I was just a, a young fisherman that had that comp competitive desire uh, to do whatever, you know, competitive. I was in a sack race this past week and hurt my back. You know, I'll do anything for a challenge. But um, I, probably about 11 or 12 years old. And, and then the more I read Bassmaster Magazine, and the more I was able to watch back in those days, you know, just Bill Dance, Roland Martin, Virgil Ward, a few people had shows that I could watch, and I just uh, dreamed of, because the ultimate in our sport is the Bassmaster Classic, and, you know, I dreamed of playing in the NFL and playing in the Super Bowl and being in a Bassmaster Classic, but at, at 5'11", when I graduated from high school, about 155 pounds, I realized I was not going to play in the NFL. Um, so I pursued bass fishing a lot harder. Brian, when did the dream start for you? Had to be a young age. I remember um, road trips, uh, hotel um, hallways, playing mini sticks, you, you, you game seven, Stanley Cups on the line. You, you always dreamed of being from Canada. Hockey's uh, um, sleep, eat, drink, play hockey. That's it. And um, you, when you're a young age, you dream about it, and you're hopefully your goal and your you know, um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity that I had and I've won a couple of times. Um, but then, you know, you look at the kids that I played with were way better than me when I was a kid, but then I just grew. I grew, you know, six inches in two years. So that, um, that helped me. But like it, the dream was, it was always there when I was a kid. Um, I know there was a lot of different uh, paths and different bumps and, and uh, in the curve of the road to, to get to there. But um you know, to, to lift the Stanley Cup is uh, every Canadian hockey player's dream to do that. And I know um, I had a special moment with you, Dave, too, to, to celebrate. I know you never made one of my hockey games, but... Um, Not one. Yeah, you came out to my parties, and I was um, happy did. to have you there. So. I did. I did. And I and I explain it to you all the time that I was <laughs> I know, a true I friend. I mean, he did invite me to a lot of games, but I could never go. And it, honestly, the biggest freaking regret I have, and you know that, is not going that that last time you won the cup. He literally called me that day and was like, man, come. You can, and that night, uh, he texted me, FaceTime me 15 times from the locker room. I missed the biggest party because I tried to be professional the one time in my life, and I actually kept to my commitment. 
and was supposed to shoot a show the next day. That show never aired because uh, the fishing sucked. <laughs> it was we had audio problems and I was probably miserable, to be honest, because I missed a Stanley Cup party. But one of the things you mentioned, Davey, and I think both of you have it and maybe it's already been answered from my experiences with you. You two are both some of the most competitive people I know. And it doesn't matter whether it's, like you said, a sack race, whether it's cornhole, whether it's um, mini sticks. It doesn't matter what you're playing, um, fishing, obviously. Do you think that is something? I mean, in all of your experiences, um, that's something that definitely it seems like most champions have. I mean, they're just overly competitive. Yeah, you know. And I'll, I'll just real quick give you my opinion. I think it's definitely a, a big, big part of being successful. I mean, you just can't. And I know, I know my mom and my dad, and, and I'm sure most young kids or mom and dad tell them not to be a sore loser. But I, I hate to admit it. I, I try to, I try to not just embarrass myself. But inside, I have, you know, when I lose, it, it's it's not it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And I think uh, I think most successful people in you know in sports are, are that way. It's it's not real fun to lose and. You know, you want to get better each and every day so it doesn't happen. Bix, that's something you said outside of your teaching experience, which I, which we got <laughs> to see. I mean, whoever gets to see a Stanley Cup champion while he's teaching. But outside of your teaching experience, is that something you've, you know, all the guys you played with, is it that overly, I mean, you're ridiculously competitive, uncomfortably competitive at times. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think I, I think I have a, uh, that bone in me that what's uh, it, it drives you. You know, you want to make yourself better in anything. If it's playing cards or if it's playing basketball or whatever I do, I always want to win. And um, it's uh, it's something that's always in me. Obviously, the competitive edge is it's slowing down with um, having kids and then just trying to lead them the right way and then give them the kind of the competitive edge in a way. But um, I always want to win whatever I do. You know, I, I'm a sore loser. Um, nobody likes losing. It's, uh, it's just something that you, you, I put on this to not do. I just don't like losing. It just doesn't feel good. I don't sleep very well after it and after losses and things like that. And you just drive and drive for, to be the best. And, um, I'm working through that. I'm still trying to be a good dad. I'm still trying to be a good teacher, but, uh, it's tough. It's very tough. <laughs> <laughs> you both I mean as much as we're going to celebrate your successes you both have lost I mean I mean in any sport I mean there's nobody that goes undefeated Davey how much I mean I know you lost the classic before you won it and, and literally can you bring me through that experience because I don't think a lot of fans get to to see that emotional roller coaster that happens before the boat goes through the curtains yeah and I'll try to make this short because it's 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 very important part of my success. It really is, and 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 if I don't explain it a little bit, people won't understand. But the the best thing that ever happened to me as a bass fisherman is to finish second in the Bassmaster Classic. And and you you say, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, I was leading, and, and all the riders and people were telling me that I was going to win. I was leading the final day. I never led until the final day, but then the final day I had a real good day day and was leading with one person left away and and everyone was telling me that I had enough I was going to win kind of deal oh excuse me no that was I was the last one to weigh in George Cochran who weighed in right before me and in those days it's kind of anticlimactic that the last person was always the winner yeah and I didn't think I had quite enough although I had a great day but 
I rolled in there, the last person, the crowd is like, he's the winner. You know, they're already celebrating. And uh, I had that doubt in my mind, but, but to walk up on the stage and Ray Scott grabbed my hand and George Cochran's hand. And when Dewey Kendrick called out the weight, you know, Ray dropped my hand and raised George Cochran's. And, and I went from being the, you know, the person on the stage in that arena with, you know, in those days, 12,000 fans all on their feet um, to nobody even would show me how to get off the stage. I mean, I was, I was a nobody just that quick, so to speak. And so it obviously was crushing to me, but when I walked down the steps, my, my oldest son at that point was uh, five years old and my wife was pregnant with my youngest son, like eight months pregnant. And he was crying his eyes out. And I knelt down with him and nobody was looking at us. Like I say, George Cochran was getting in the boat with his family to do the victory lap. And when I, finally got my emotions together. My son at five years old was just still crying, crying. And I couldn't believe that he was that aware of what, what I had just missed on, you know, a lot of money and then the world championship of bass fishing. And finally, when I got him, I was like, calm down, Parker, everything will be okay. It'll be okay. And, um, man, I get choked up every time I talk about this because it was so real. It was just like me and him were in a little bubble and all those people were doing something else. And when I finally got him, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he's quite this bad. So I finally got him and I said, why are you so upset? It'll be okay. Daddy's okay. And he, and he looked up and he pointed at George and his family coming back to the stage after they'd done a victory lap. And he said, they told me I was going to get a ride in that boat. <laughs> so that's all, all, that's all he was even aware of is he missed a little boat ride. But I looked him straight in the eyes and I probably should not have done this, but I let him straight in the eyes. I said, I promise you, I'll win this Bassmaster Classic and we'll ride in that boat one day. And so it motivated me. The next three years were by far, you know, I won Angler of the Year the very next year, won the Cup the next year after that, and then won the Classic in 99. So it was, it, it you know, we talk about not wanting to lose, but that that drove me like I've never been driven to accomplish anything really probably in my life. Brian, do you ever have any similar experiences, you know, blows that, that you really, you feel like, wow, I mean, I'm never going to get, you know what I mean? Like at that moment, you, you, you don't know that the, I mean, it's easy to tell the story that David tells right now, but if the next few years doesn't happen, that story's got a whole different feel to it. Any experiences like that yourself? Um, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, making playoffs, just being so close by inches and seconds to, to make it to the next round and then be obviously winning the cup. But then I have been to the finals three times. Um, I was fortunate to be on the winning side of those three times. So I didn't get that bitter taste, but I've been the conference finals uh, multiple times with losing in game seven and OT and um, the LA Kings, they demolished the Rangers that year. So it could have been another one, but um, you know, I was just so unfortunate to, to have the opportunities and just to be capitalized on it. I know, um, you know, sitting in the minors for three and a half years, not knowing if I'm going to get that call up to, to play in the NHL and riding the bus, playing three and threes in different cities. It was a grind, but then just to keep my head down and push myself to, um, you know, succeed my goal. And, um, you know, we grinded it out, me and the wife, and we got there and, we were happy to be in a fortunate spot with uh, the Blackhawks and the right time because, uh, you know, we're uh, a modern dynasty right now with three cups in, in 10 years. So um, it was a, a fun ride. It was uh, obviously not the way I wanted to end it in my career, but um, it was uh, a good career for the 10 years that I had. And, um, 
you know, there's things that you can look back uh, with missing different things, but overall I can't, uh, I can't complain at all. It was a, an unbelievable experience. Had a lot of highlights. And obviously, like you said, um, for those that don't know, got MS forced to forced to retire a little bit prematurely, but even through all that had some, freaking highlights like well, what was the tell me about the your last game i mean it's it's like a movie really i mean when you as your buddy i'm at home watching and i'm like really is he gonna <laughs> are you kidding me? is this happening yeah so i've been obviously fortunate in my career to, to score ot goals big goals and, and big moments um but not I, a lot not, in the regular season though uh, no i just i'd say the regular season wasn't my game i was more of a playoff game <laughs> Uh, not like the Maple Leafs over here in Canada, I tell you. Exact that. opposite of them. It's totally tough. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, to, to say I was going to retire in Philly the last game, um, we pushed the OT, we got to shoot out. So the coach gave me a little tap that I'm going to be playing or doing a shoot. I've only did one other shot in shootouts before. So uh, I was fortunate to, to score my last shot. I scored my first shot in the NHL and scored my last shot. So it was a. Uh, a good finisher to the, the the icing on the top of the cake to, to finish off that way with a you know a short uh, you know a good career. One of the things that 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 our sports, I mean, there's really not a lot in common between bass fishing and hockey. Other than this, is one of the few times in history that both of the championships are happening around the same time because of the crazy world we're living in. But Davey, one of the things that they do have in common is in bass fishing you get to do a circle in your boat. In hockey, you skate the arena with the cup holding it over your head. That moment, Davey, everybody watches that moment of the family getting in there and, you know, doing the ride. And there's the iconic pictures, the flag over your shoulder. So, I mean, it's, it's such a moment. But, but you're still just a guy in a boat with a trophy. Uh, you know, what does it feel like when you are that guy that does it like do you remember actually thinking anything as you went around or was it literally like wow i gotta make sure i'm smiling for the cameras I, like I so so this is this is a crazy thing that I, I think no one remembers but but me um i'm the only person in modern history 20 years before me and ever since Five minutes before I go into Coliseum, and I had a five-pound lead going into the final day and then had a real good day the last day, and everybody was like, it's not even close, it's not even close. And it was that I won by, I think, 9.15, let's say 10 pounds. So it, it was no question that I was about to ride in the boat with my son. And I'm, I'm about to drive through in the tunnel, and someone working with Bass came up to me and said, listen, there's not going to be that victory lap in the boat. We've got all these fire, fireworks, and we've got this thing on the stage. And, we're, and I look at them, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the Bassmaster Classic. That's tradition. Nope, we've got this planned out. It's going to be great. So I did not ride what? in the boat with my son, but I did hold the trophy. They were around me. Um, and, you know, I looked at my son and said, you know, promise made, promise kept kind of deal. But I will say this, and, and this came, I don't know where this came from. When I did raise the trophy over my head, just all of a sudden, I looked at all the fans, and this might sound corny, but this is exactly what went on in my mind. When I raised a trophy up over my head and I saw all the people and so many are, you know, Federation anglers and that sort of thing, and I said, wow, I wish everyone here could experience what I'm feeling right this moment. All I wanted really right that moment is to – it was like a utopia. I wanted 
everybody that have traveled and followed our sport to, to be able to experience, obviously that's not, can't happen, but that's the thought that went through my mind. Bix, you, uh, I mean, first of all, Davey, I'm blowing away that you didn't get the, I mean, we have to write that somehow. I mean, that is, that is, I mean, uh, and, it, and it was, it, it was a bust because they never did it again after that. I'm like, that's the <laughs> classic. You ride around with your family. But anyway. <sighs> Oh, they, I mean, uh, I, we'll figure I'm, I'm put, we're going to figure out some way to fix that at some point. I don't know how, but you have to have your ride around. I mean, it's going to be funny because I'm going to make your kids sit on your knee. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's your size right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Brian, you, you got to skate around a few times. So you got the unique perspective of, of to, to do it multiple times. And if you did something wrong the first time, you could ride it the second time. Uh, but tell me what, what is that? What what does that feel like? Like what in that moment? Does it feel? It it feels so real. Like it's uh, a moment that you you dream your whole life to play hockey, to travel, to injuries from non sleeping to just everybody. Like you lift that cup, it's thirty five pounds, but it feels like a feather. Yeah, it's just a, it's a lifelong dream. Um, you know, you're so happy, but then you also think for you know, those people that helped you, you know, those people are like, I did all the, the on ice stuff, but there's multiple family, parents, wife, girlfriend, whoever, there's so many people that are a part of it. And that's what goes through your head when you're lifting, because that's, uh, that trophy is not just for me, but it's those people that, um, you know, supported me and pushed me to, to get there. And, and it just, it's a memory that, um, it's just so surreal. I know the first time I touched it, I was a little nervous because I was a young guy. I, I lift it, then I, I'm like, who do I give it to? Who would I give it to? The second time I got it, I was like, I'm doing laps. I did like <laughs> two or three laps, and I was, it was in Boston Garden, so it was, it was awesome because the fans are, are quite harsh there. But um, to do it in front, um, obviously your friends and family, it was, um, you know, obviously a, a awesome moment and. Um, and then having uh, a couple of days with it uh, at the party because we don't get to keep tro our trophy like Davey does. We get to have like little replicas, which you, you can put in your office. But this cup, it's there's only a couple of them. There's a there's a showcase one, and then there's one that we bring on the ice and we kind of party with that we kind of put some dents in it and do some um, some drinking out of. But um, tell me something yeah, ridiculous. There's no way that anybody will listen to this podcast. If you don't give me some good. So give me some goods. Like what is something that happened to that cup? Cause a lot's happened to it while I was around. So I could only imagine what happened to it when, when like, the party, when you win a Stanley cup is very unlike a lot of other parties. I mean, it, it, talk it, to it, me it, about what that trophy goes through. It does uh, attract a good party. It's um, I think it's a, the best party trophy by far. Um, if that, trophy could tell a story and write a book or a movie man it's like it wouldn't it wouldn't be rated or even published or anything like that it's uh obviously there's a lot of drinking out of it but there's a lot of closed doors that uh um that goes on i know um rated uh rated r and uh you know things like that but it's it's something you know we you get it only for 24 hours so you got to do as much with it what you can because those are memories they're always gonna have so um yeah, you went I from you went from rated R to you got to do as much with it as you can, and now the entire world thinks you did horrible things with the cup. Just so you know. So so Dave, you know he's he's a teacher now. He's not going to really tell those stories. He just says, you know, it's rated R. I'm a teacher. I can't I can't talk about those kind of. Things. I got the kids in the other room, so. 
Well, maybe that's how they ended up there. <laughs> I mean, the math doesn't add up totally, but uh, dents and things like that have happened to that company. Oh, yeah, dents. I, I think I still have a dent in the, in the one that travels around. I uh, obviously was uh, intoxicated uh, quite a bit. Um, obviously, drinking slippy water, drinking. It's all slippery. You drop it a couple of times, but it, it gets polished and, and banged up. And, um, you know, that, that trophy's, uh, you know, it's always going to be there and it's um i'm just so fortunate to to win it um multiple times well davey obviously your accomplishment i mean brian's accomplishment a team accomplishment your accomplishment so much more because it's an individual accomplishment right brian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a team behind him too i swear he's got to cooking dinners and lunches and all that for him to perform no he definitely does have a team but did you figure out a way to drink out of i mean the the Classic trophies right behind you. Did did you figure out a way to drink out of it, or was there any partying happening with that, or you're going to be a teacher? I I did not figure out a way to drink out of out of it, but I was in New Orleans when I won, so uh, <laughs> it was a late night. I can promise you that. <laughs> the one thing we're going to hear this whole week, the Bassmaster Classic or in the NHL playoffs, is one thing you're going to hear about is experience and how much, you know, we're going to talk about it, Davey, in the coverage. You know what I mean? Like, he's been here so many times. As two competitors that had several kicks at the can, how much does experience really matter? Or is that something that people like me, the talk, move the hole that makes the words, just bring up to talk about? Um, so, so me personally, I, I would go back to that second place finish. Um, it, it, it did a lot for me in a lot of different ways, but one thing it told me that I was good enough to win. Um, I didn't quite do it then, but it, it gave me a, a lot of confidence. So, um, experience is a lot and it, and we might have a, a rookie win it this year, but, but at each and every classic, even after I'd just been to a few and I was still competing, if I was in the event or now, like we're covering the event. When I hear a young person say, oh, it's just another term and it's against, it's just me against the fish and da, 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 da. Well, that's certainly not true. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a different deal. And, and if you've experienced it a few times, you learn how to really, I guess, pace yourself is so important um, because you have to get up, you know, super early, three o'clock, three thirty in the morning. And, and then you have late night interviews, you have different things going, just so much going on. Uh, I might say that not quite as much now as we had years ago uh, with mandatory dinners. Now there's not so many of those, but um, experience is such a, such a, a big thing. No doubt. Brian, how about you going into different playoffs? You did, did, did experience help you? Were you a different player when, when, with that experience? Oh yeah. I think uh, experience in any team sport is uh, very important for uh, situations obviously you know not, there's not that golden brick road that there's just you follow it you're gonna win to it no there's there's uh obviously hiccups in between um with hockey players we have short memories because if you do something bad you don't want to have that memory stick in your head for the next play because it's legit seconds seconds like snap of the finger and it's the difference of winning or losing yeah. um and it's probably like that in fishing where you miss that one key bite but then you can't let it get to you. You need to move on and make it the, the next cast or whatever. But um, it's like us. The next shift is just as important as the last one, even if it didn't go well. Um, to forget it, to move on. The experience is a, a huge part to, to, to know what to expect um, in different situations and, and to do the right thing. And it's like uh, 
it's just like a hamster wheel. You just got to keep on going. And if you fall off, you need to get back on. And um, it's, it's a, a crazy thing, but um, I'm happy to, to have that experience and, to, and give it to you the younger guys that we had coming in too. Well, I mean, both of you achieved incredible things, but I, I got a blunt question. I want you to really honestly answer this because I know you're both humble guys and you're going to kind of sidestep around, not give me the real goods. But I honestly, I want to know what you think about this because you both said it. I grew up with players that were better than me. I fished with people, you know what I mean, that were as good as me, if not better than me, that never achieved this. So I'm going to ask you each individual, and I'll start with you, Davey. Why did you win this? When you look at so many anglers, so many great anglers that came, so many anglers that had so many opportunities, but why did you win the Bassmaster Classic? Well, I, you know, I was, I want to say honestly, and I'm not avoiding your question because I'll add a little more to it, but I, I was very blessed because, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Dave. I, I've grown up around fishermen you know, at the local level and right on up all the way to the best of the best. And, and I've seen a lot of great fishermen and, and, you know, in, in, in our sport in particular, um, there's a lot of, a lot of mental games, so to speak. And they're not games. They're, they're part of our sport. And, um, you know, I grew up, you know, my parents divorced at five years old. That's tough on the kid but you learn to deal with it. And I learned to deal with it by being on the water, but it's still, I learned to deal with mom and dad not being in the same household and had to go to mom's when I want to be with dad, that sort of thing. But a lot of things shape you. Uh, me being in the military, uh, basic training one week after high school graduation, a lot of different things, but um, the competitive desire to work hard, to be the best. Um, there's just so many things that go into it. Um, and I, I was able to experience a lot of those things kind of at a, at a young age. And some things I didn't know when a drill sergeant was, you know, barking down my neck, making me do push-ups and chin-ups or whatever. It's all, it was kind of molding me as a, a, a better competitor uh, on the Bassmaster Tournament Trail. Brian, same question. Um, just the drive, uh, being from Canada, that's uh, the thing that you want. Yeah, but there's a ton of kids from Canada that have drive. There has to be more than that. Well, it, it helped that, uh, I, I was six, four, obviously that was a, a big thing with uh, the game nowadays. It's lots of uh, speed, but when I played, it was more physical and, um, you know, to have my dad, he, he pushed me to, to the yeah. point to, to make me who I am, the, the, the hard nose physical don't think about anything just do it and um and don't ask questions because if you ask questions then you just you're behind you're you're at the back of the line so um you know my family is obviously a huge part to to help me be who i am um i think uh it kind of who i am as a person showed on the ice um just the drive the never give up um I know there's times when I was on the bus in, in the minors where, you know, I'm like, man, I wish I had an eight to five job and see my parents, see my friends, have weekends where yeah. I never had a weekend. I just had to just go to city to city, grinding out, um, getting punched in the head to getting <laughs> surgeries almost every other season. Um, but that was just the dream to, to push myself to get to that goal. And um, again, like Davey said, I was unfortunate to obviously – fall into the Blackhawks, getting drafted by them in 04, and then um, 
being a part of their system and then being brought up at a, at a huge time where they picked up some big pieces with Taze and Kane. So, um, and then they made a, a great molding team. Um, I know it's not just one person that makes this team. It's everybody from the fourth line to people in the medical staff. It's, uh, it's uh, a big part that, um, you know, everybody pushed each other to succeed. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I'm like, I, I got goosebumps just thinking about it because it's so, so great memories that we've had and so many good people that we, we crossed and um, just the goal, the push, the, the drive, that's the, the thing in anything in life. If you don't have that, then there's no sense trying. If you have that, then you can really succeed in anything. Is the drive that that's, when you think back, that's that's the biggest part of it, really, isn't it? I would imagine like the 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 accomplishment at the end is one thing, but it's it's the drive to get there that that is the challenge in life. I would imagine. Oh, anything in life, you know, with me being a teacher at home, it's it's, <laughs> it's driving me. I tell you that, but uh, <laughs> driving you no, insane. It's, it's 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 some people are put on the earth to drive and and then exceed in things and. Um, you know, if you don't have that in, in sports and anything in life, then, you know, you need to look at a different path. But um, my drive was uh, in anything. Like you said before, I'm very competitive. Um, I don't like losing. I'd like to win in, in anything. And that drive is, uh, it's internal and it's uh, built in me from my parents. And um, I'm hopefully going to teach my kids to hopefully the same thing. So that drive, if you have it, and you need to use it in, in different ways. And I, I think I had it. Competition in anything, um, there you want to win, but there's certain people that probably drive you while you're competing. Davey, you mentioned mental warfare, that kind of stuff. Who was the greatest trash talker, or who did you like to beat the most? I mean, you, I mean, I know you, I'm Davey, you are a southern gentleman, you are everything I wish I could be. You, you, uh, but I want you to shed that right now and give me the who, who drove you the most on the water, you know. I, as far as who I wanted to beat the, the most, who who do you enjoy never, winning from? Like who, if you said, okay, it's going to be me and this guy down to the wire. So, so I guess I'll have to say, you know, I've, I've, I've never really thought about that a lot, but, but I'm thinking about it now. And, and you know, I, I room with Kevin Van Dam for, for 12 hmm. years. And I promise you, if I was, you know, didn't make the final cut, I'd pull for him. I, I yeah. never pulled against him. Yeah. Unless it was, and I really didn't pull against him when, and say we were both in the, you know, in the final couple. No, you know, but but you want to beat the best, and, and through my career, and I think you know, even at this point, probably, um, I don't know how anybody could argue any different, really, um, with all-time winnings and, and what he has accomplished in in his career. So, so I guess Kevin Van Dam, although he's a close friend of mine, and. You know, you want to you want to beat the best, and you don't want to beat some guy that you know just was there that you'd never heard of. But um, you know, you still want to beat the best in a way. But yeah, but it was him. Yeah, and that's not an insult. I mean, Davey, you're no different. You still want to beat the best. You hurt your back in a sack race beating who? Kevin. <laughs> so I, I don't think your drive is any different. Whether it's the Bassmaster Classic or a Memorial Day sack race. Bickle, anybody that, that drove you a little harder, a chirper on the ice or something like that? 
Uh, there's a lot. There's, the sport of hockey, there's chirping every shift. So like uh, whoever's in front of me, if it's uh, a player or just the team, you want to beat them. Um, I know there's certain guys where you just want to rip their head off, but uh, obviously it, you have circumstances of time of the game and not put your team. You t- put your team first. You don't do individually because if you're individually, you're not going to do well in, in the sport of hockey. Um, so you just push those things aside and look at what's in front of you. And um, it could be certain players where you have some bad, um, you know, bad experiences with where you fought them multiple times and it's about here it comes again. And um, no, you don't think about that. You kind of have the, in the back of your head, but uh, you, you're more concerned of the moment, the game you want to win. That's the, the biggest thing. Um, so I don't really have a specific person, but um, if I had to pick point one person that I would not see, if I saw him on the side of the road and he's stranded, <laughs> I would not pick him up. It would probably be um, Kevin Bieksa, actually. Just something about that guy. I, I, I uh, had tussles with him, um, just the way he talked, and he, he was good at it. But it's just something about him that I just didn't, um, didn't cross eyes uh, together on the ice for sure. Well, I mean, let's hope he's not stranded on the side of the road sometime. But uh, I want to thank you guys both very much. Last question I got for you, and it's probably a question that you both hate getting, because uh, I know you hate getting it, Dave. You hear it. I, I've heard people say it to you 700 times. What do you miss? Do you miss it? And what do you miss about competition? So I, I give the wrong answer there. Um, very seldom do I miss it. I mean, I just don't because I'm still involved in it. Yeah. Uh, the one event this year that I wasn't involved in the last couple of days, I thought, wow, this is what everyone's been asking me. I miss it right now because I'm not there. You know, whether you're covering it or whether you're in the event, you feel like you're a part of it. And, and you know, the Bassmaster Tournament Trail and BASS has been a part of my whole family's life for, you know, almost 30 years. So, as long as I'm able to still cover it and work with you, Dave, and that sort of thing, I, I don't really miss it. But when I'm when I'm at some point in my life, I guess I'll be away from the events and not have anything to do with it as a competitor or as you know, working covering the event, doing commentary, or what have you. That's that's when I will miss it uh, really bad. Well, Brian, I I know you're you've stepped away from it, and obviously dealing with your family and everything like that. So I'm sure you miss it. But I I I'm going to talk to you more about your future. How long till you're competing for the Bassmaster Classic? Because 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 you're not just you're not just a a ex hockey player. I mean, you can catch them, and and you were supposed to fish the opens this year, but COVID screwed that. And will we see you in the opens next year? And will you? Take Davy Heights Bassmaster Classic records. I just want. I just want to go on a, a trip around the rink with, with the in the boat. Well, that's Dave taking Davy's record right there. You do that once. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to go to the Opens, Northern Opens this year, but uh, the COVID uh, protocol wasn't uh, in favor of my me and my family, so um, we have to push it back to next year. So um, I just want to have fun. Um, I enjoy fishing. I enjoy. There was a thing that uh, a lot of guys do in the summertime. One was golf, and I enjoyed fishing. I, I picked it up uh, when I was a young age, and um, fortunate to to get some boats, to get some lures, and and just enjoy my summer. Um, and it's just something that drives me to not knowing when the next bite is and to put those pieces of the puzzle to figure out the fish. That's just something that drives me now. And uh, I do a lot of local tournaments around here. So 
I like to have fun. I'm pretty relaxed. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I take it too serious, but um, if you take it too serious, you're going to put yourself in the behind the eight ball and to be relaxed is a, is a big thing in, uh, in any sport. And I think fishling, especially because you stress out, you're, you're gripping it too tight and you're, you're not uh, making the right moves and making the right decisions. Well, I'd love to see you there one day. And, and, and I honestly believe that I'm not just saying this just because he's a buddy, but I believe that, that he could make it there. And, and let's finish this with some breaking news. I mean, it's Bassmaster Classic Week. We got some big news. Davey, I don't know if you're comfortable with me breaking this right now. And, and Bickle, I don't know if you were aware of this, but Davey's been skating a lot, and uh, he plans to throw his hat into your ring as well. You're, he's not just, you're not just the only one going to the Bassmaster Classic. Davey Heidi, is it true that you are trying out for the NHL? Well, that is my future goal, but kind of like the minor leagues is sack racing. I won my first competition last weekend. So once we graduate from that, then yeah, it's on to the, to the ice. <laughs> well, do you thanks have for ice where you are? You, do you have ice where you are, Davey? Well, heck no. <laughs> in I have ice in the refrigerator or freezer. <laughs> <laughs> or your southern tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys very much. Enjoy the Bassmaster Classic. And uh, I'm, I'm not good at this, so bye. Maybe this says a lot about me. I mean, first of all, thanks to those guys for a great interview. But maybe this says a lot about me. I am the lowest hanging fruit, lowest common denominator, whatever you want to. I mean, ever since Bickle said the X-rated stuff on the Stanley Cup, it leaves me wondering what he was talking about. So let's not wonder anymore. Let's just put him on the spot and get him on here right now. All right, Bix, I know you're up at the cottage. Sorry to bother you on your personal time, but I had to ask this. I mean, some questions I can't ask in front of Davey because, I mean, he's just, like I said, a, a better individual than me. But I did hear you say X-rated things happen with the cup. Give me some dirt. Uh, X-rated? Um, I didn't do any X-rated, but I heard multiple, multiple stories and sources that... Um, some guys, uh, I don't know if they made babies on it or if they just had fun, but um, I, I'm sure like one out of 10 guys did it. I just didn't want to do it. I was going to be drinking out of it the rest of the day and, and partying it. But um, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure some guys have uh, made love on Lord Stanley. Yes. So let's get this clear. You did not, correct? I have not made love on Lord Stanley. No, I have not. But it is rumored that others do. There's a guarantee that there's rumors. There's people did it. And uh, I know uh, they tell stories of uh, we have behind closed doors uh, in the in the masters where the magic happens. But 100 um, percent that uh, guys have maybe made babies on it or, you know, just had fun with it at the same time. What's the percentage out of 10? How many out of 10? I say I say at least one out of 10. And you know how many parties there's been over the years. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's seen some stories and, and seen some different things, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you, you have it for a day, so you got to enjoy it in whatever way you want to do it to each their own breaking news right here. One out of 10 Stanley cup winners does, you know, what on the cup, <laughs> I, I'll let you get back to fishing, Bix fishing. No, I'm not fishing. Golly. I'm, I'm what are a you contractor doing? work now. I'm uh, doing a bunch of renovations at the cottage working away working in this heat, um, staring at the water, wish I was on the water, but, uh, work's gotta be done. All right. Well, I'm not teaching today, which is good. Teacher contractor. He does everything. 
but make love on the Stanley Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, dude. There you have it. Breaking news. One out of 10 Stanley Cup champions. Humps on the cup. According to Brian Bickle. I'm not sure how I did this. I mean, it is Bassmaster Classic Week. I got a podcast where I brought two champions together from two different sports. And it still ended with us talking about humping on the Stanley Cup. So, at the same time that I say... I apologize to you and I say I'm sorry. I also feel like I should say you're welcome. This has been Mercer. Have a great week. Enjoy being and enjoy the Bassmaster Classic. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmaster told you to. You hear?